welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Message podcast, a place where we get super practical with our application so that you can grow your faith. You know, there's 167 hours outside of your regular church experience from a Sunday, and we believe those moments or those hours are incredibly important in shaping and growing your overall faith. So we're going to get super practical today, talking about personal ministry, engaging yourself in in serving, whether that's in the church or not, but actually activating our faith and participating in what's going on around us to grow our faith and support those who are around us. So this week we talk with Riley. We really think you're going to enjoy the conversation. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast or leave us a review and we'll see you at the end. Another one of those five faith catalysts. And uh, again, we're going to ask four questions about Four Monday to help you get super practical with your faith this week. And uh, today, we're joined by Riley Brown. It's great to have you here once again. Oh, Lockie, always good. And today, we're going to get through this in 20 minutes. We're going to... Sorry, I've got a smile on my face already. The Broncos are playing tonight. Very soon. They're playing soon. And we're having some boys over. So they're going to knock on the, the door. Yeah. Like, we have a timer. We do. Yeah, and we also got to get the pizza. I also told the boys that I'd get a Freddo Frog ice cream cake as well. Did you? Yes. Well, there was the right amount, yeah, of, of fellas coming for that to happen. So, yeah. So, um, yes, we, we do. We got a good time limit, and I think we can work within it really well, Lockie, to be able to give good application within a succinct amount of time. I know. I've got to make one more point, though, because mm-hmm. I was talking to Riley, and I usually ask four questions, right? Yes. Uh, and you, I said, I've got five today, oh. but it's not five questions for your five Monday, is it? And Riley went, is that, oh, is that the oh, I either just haven't been paying attention as a listener or as a host when mm. we had you on for, for part two, Lock, we had you on. It was the both of us. I, I just, yeah, found out just then how much of a genius um, this podcast is in the sense of four questions for Monday. No, for, for the four Monday. I was so proud of it. And I oh, wonder, I'm just wondering. Brilliant. I'm, I'm making it, I'm drawing brilliant. this out because I don't know how many people are listening that haven't quite realized this. I'm not usually like a one that rhymes or is like alliteration, but I was just really proud of this one. Mm. I don't even know if I created it, but. I think it's, yeah, tell people that you did because it's it's excellent. It really is excellent. Well, thank lucky. you. Well, you know what? On that note, because of the time limit, because the boys have... We've just used 20 minutes just on talking up the four questions. Uh, but we're going to get straight into it, talking about personal ministry. And mm. Riley, in, in a, just a really short amount of time, what is this whole idea of personal ministry? Where did you kind of leave us from Sunday um, with your message there? Yeah, well, I think to do just a quick recap as quickly as possible, hopefully within two minutes. <laughs> we, um, Yeah, I guess we kind of explored the idea that in life, I think there's often, um, you know, needs that we see in other people, Lockie, in particular in this season, I think there's a lot of things that have just broken our hearts in, in terms of, you know, just really tricky situations and circumstances that maybe families that you know or, or have heard of have been going through. At the same time, maybe you just need a flick on the TV to, to see the different uh, needs around the world uh, that need to be met. Maybe you have frustration over the fact that, you know, there's people in uh, higher up places or with power and political authority that should be doing things. And I know, I know should be doing things. And I know so much of that is, is true as well. And it's it's okay to have those frustrations too. But what about the times uh, when we feel 
Like, you know, there is a need, but then there's that little prompting within us, Locke, that just, that little voice that says like, oh, well, maybe I can do something about that. Mm. Um, why is it that sometimes we either respond to that quickly or sometimes, I guess more so what we're focusing on the weekend, why is it that we shut that voice out so quick? Um, you know, why do we shift from that moment of like, I can do something to like, oh, wow, wait, no, I don't have the financial resources to contribute yeah. or be generous there or, or wait, hold up, I don't feel prepared to do that or no, that would actually be really inconvenient for me and that actually brings me a lot of discomfort even thinking about, you know, the possible next step I could mm-hmm. take to actually help, uh, support, love or care or serve or just address that need that, uh, is within another person. So that was the angle we were kind of coming from, how personal ministry plays into it. Well, we looked at the idea uh, that personal ministry is, is really this kind of vocation of of serving and a practical way of, of serving people and how we do that within our own life, within our work circle, within our family circle, and uh, maybe for some of us too, within our local church kind of community, even within beyond uh, how you go about serving uh, as part of, of a movement that's looking to, to show people the, the hope and uh, the, yeah, the hope and love of Jesus. So um, obviously, like, like we, we jumped into those two texts, those kind of two just crazy stories we find in the New Testament uh, where uh, Jesus and the disciples are with a group. There's a mass crowd of people. Jesus is actually trying to get away to have a little bit of peace and quiet to himself because his cousin John has just had his, yeah, he's just lost his head. So that's like... That's a, like he physically lost his head. Yeah, he yeah, actually, yeah. He yeah. got beheaded. He got beheaded, yeah. His kappa was detated. As Michael Scott would say from the office, if you haven't seen it, that was a big lob and spike for you there. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, at the time, I'm like, yeah, well, like Jesus was just trying to get away on his boat to have some peace and quiet, just to mourn. And and what we see is this whole crowd of people kind of head over and, and run over to him because um, they're like, oh, this is this is Jesus when his ministry was thriving, so he was so well known, and all these people kind of wanted his attention. They just want, they just want, they have all these needs and. Um, Jesus starts just healing people and which sounds bizarre for us but you know that's just what Jesus did and the disciples they see him and they're like Jesus you've been here all day it's late in the evening now like you know these people need to go home they need to they need to eat food and um, one of the stories that we looked at was just how the disciples alongside of Jesus actually fed the 5,000 um, purely by actually just giving to Jesus what they had which was like loaves of bread and a couple of fish mm. and through just bringing to Jesus what they had, uh, Jesus was able to do literally the impossible, literally a miracle, um, but just simply through how the disciples were actually willing to bring to Jesus what they had. At the same time, we looked at that story of how Peter walked on water uh, when Jesus was was out in the water as well and the boat was tossing back and forth. The disciples were scared out of their wits as they thought they saw a ghost approaching towards them walking on the water and they heard a voice say back to them like, courage, it's me, don't be afraid. And then one of the disciples, Peter, stands up and he's like, Lord, if it's really you, like if, if everything you just told us earlier, like back when we were on land is, is true, then like invite me out into the water. Um, and so Jesus says, come to me. And he, Peter starts walking on the water and he would have been feeling probably pretty good about himself. Like that would have been a pretty cool experience. Walking on water, I'd cop it as an experience. Oh, it would be awesome but as it's happening you know he begins to lose his focus and you know there's a storm brewing above him and above him and the waves are churning and slowly begins to to start sinking below the water but again immediately like jesus grabs his hand pulls him out and he's like fate heart what got into you 
And like, I, I always just see it like as this proud kind of parent moment where Jesus looks at Peter and he's like, like you were so close, like you had it, you were there. And I guess that's the other element that we're exploring throughout the message on Sunday is this idea of how we actually go about defining a faith journey. And I know in this series we've been in of figuring out your faith, we've been looking at this idea that, um, you know, a faith journey and, and exercising and growing in our faith is kind of like exercising a muscle, like it needs to be stretched, mm. needs to be pulled out of our discomfort. This is very much the case of the disciples within these two events that happen just after each other uh, that we read about in the New Testament. Uh, but the big thing we can learn from it is how we can actually go uh, practically go about just loving uh, and serving uh, people, how we can learn more about how we can give generously uh, in such an exciting way. And that's through personal ministry as a faith mm. catalyst, how we can actually practically go about loving and serving people by actually saying to our Heavenly Father, like, God, this is what I have. Use it. Do the impossible with it. Do the miracles yeah. with it. Yes, for sure. But uh, like, God, this is what I'm bringing to you. My hopes, insecurities, my fears, all the rest. Um, and I'm bringing it to you so that you can use it for your plans. I want it to be an overflow of your love and your joy for others. Yeah, I think carrying this like muscle analogy as well, um, the bigger the muscles, the, the bigger our capacity is. And this personal ministry thing is, is really where the rubber hits the road, where we mm. start engaging in things, where we're serving people yep. and serving things. And I would say making a difference, mm. um, but also just like getting around good stuff, um, you know, using your time wisely to help other people out and, do all sorts of things, which we'll get into. Yep, I think just to touching on the feeding of the 5,000 story, mm. the great thing is in that, um, it, like Jesus gets the credit for this miracle. Mm-hmm. However, the, the disciples distribute it. Mm. And as far as we know, they just keep handing it out. Yep. So you don't yep. know where, like they're the ones that are kind of actually doing the miracle. Yeah. Jesus well, kind of spoke it into action, but the, the disciples are doing it. Again, literally all they know they can do is just, take the bread that's being given to them and give it to the next person like that's almost the simplicity of the task but at the same time they're just seeing the the you know the fruit that's coming out of it which is literally not fruit it's like loaves of bread it's more fish like omega-3 no one actually likes no i never did you ever take krill oil as a child oh Oh, i don't think you should have burst they no, they were rank those yeah, ones. The krill oil ones are Vita gummies though. <laughs> Vita gummies. I I think the really cool thing is that Jesus didn't leave this earth and was like, Oh, um, by the way, you have to do this stuff now. Like I did it for ages and you mm. just watched me. Mm. He's like, No, no, no. Alongside me, you did this with me. You practically were engaged in ministry. Now I'm leaving. Keep doing it. Yeah. It's um and it you know, it's a bit like the first time you ride a bike with without you know your parent behind you and you're like this is scary mm. but um so there's this sense of like discomfort of doing it on our own mm. but they actually were equipped and trained well before jesus left yes um because it was about actually engaging yeah, in not yep. just watching it so i yep. think the same is and this we're going to kind of carry this through our conversation now mm-hmm. oh we've jumped a couple of questions have, i feel like here in terms of, of how we questions this is great but jesus i think wants us to be involved in his ministry like we're actively partnering with him and this faith catalyst of personal ministry is so important. Um, and I know we could both sit here and probably well beyond fill the 20 minutes yeah. talking about <laughs> the opportunities where we felt like we've actually partnered with Jesus, yep. not just watched him. Where mm. we've done a camp mm. where, I mean, talking about our experience together is doing a camp or um, leading as part of a church or mm. communicating like mm. We, you know, we could then go and go through all our other experiences and just go, wow, like when we were pushed to just practically serve, 
to do personal ministry, to go outside of our comfort zone, to be like, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, great things happen as a result. Yep, yep, um, definitely. So leading into this, mm. our first question, for those of you who maybe have never what we kind of like consider serving, you know, never stepped out and helped in or volunteered or done anything like this, um, the question is this, how do I know if I'm ready to serve? Mm. Great question, Locke. And I think even what you're talking about there um, in terms of our shared experience of, you know, different things we've been able to do alongside of each other within work and, yeah, camps and things like that. Like, you know, I, I know we've talked about times in our life where we just didn't feel ready to kind of step up to something. Or at least I know I know for me, I know we might operate differently here, but the idea of risk for me um, is... Well, to even go further back, I remember coming out of high school, uh, sitting down with someone who just asked me, like, I just want you to write out, like, the things that, you know, you really you really see yourself as. Um, and I remember one of the things I wrote down was risk taker. Risk taker, Riley Brown. Risk taker. Um, and then this thing was actually circled and it was given back to me and I was just challenged on it and I was just asked, like, is this something that you, you really see within yourself or something that you can see yourself growing into more? Mm. Um, and that's when it kind of hit me that like, lock. I take very safe risks, even if you can call them risks. <laughs> like I am very obedient to the laws of, you know, indicating. Yes, actually. That's like a, that's a good one. I indicate off the roundabout every time, Well, but even well on done. like sh- when you have to go straight through the roundabout, like just, I'll still do the, like, there is just so many things that I'm just like the idea of, of take, I can't come up with examples for you right now. Um, just but I do. Safe. You, you, I know that you um, take a lot of time to make big decisions. Oh, for sure. I'm assuming you might take a lot of time to make small deci- like take a lot of time to. Yep, and then decisions. later find out that not even the small decision, but the big decision was actually a small decision in the bigger picture of things. Fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I know for you, maybe you can speak into this a bit as we answer this question. Like, it, would you say that there's times where you, you're kind of ready to go and, and jump into something? I would say, like, if it doesn't stretch you and it doesn't test you, then you're kind of doing it wrong. Like, and I know that I've been asked to do things and I'm kind of like a, uh, like a duck, you know, like, a, like on the surface, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Mm. And inside freaking out. Cause I'm like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do this. Yep. I, I, I don't think I'm ready. And, and I, I think part, so like part of it is, is, um, capabilities. You're like, I don't know if I can actually do this thing. Mm. But the other thing that I think gets us when we think about serving, particularly in a church is, um, we feel disqualified. Mm. So we feel like, oh, like if they knew who I really was, they wouldn't have asked me to do this. Yep. Like yep. they, if, you know, if, if they knew who was really, you know, the person inside of mm. me, they wouldn't have asked me to do this camp. They wouldn't yep. have asked me to, to step up and, mm. and share this thing, you know, like that. And I think like we, 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 we like to downplay it and be like, oh, I'm not capable. Yeah. But really we don't feel like, we, we don't feel qualified. Qualified for it, yeah. Oh, and I, you know, we even look again across the, you know, across the New Testament in the sense of like, you look at someone like Paul, who I know we've already talked about on this podcast as well, and across some Beyond at Homes too, like someone who literally should have been the least qualified person to ever go spreading like any message of hope in the sense that, you know, Paul was once, you know, a, a fellow who actually went around as like, a religious terrorist like his whole kind of occupation and agenda and mission and life was to literally terrorize people who were christians it made no sense for him to be used yeah. as a voice to actually spread a message of hope around the world again we only have to look 
across even the whole Bible, but even the disciples too. Like I think we talked about it on Sunday as well. Like the disciples would have been experiencing just this intense kind of learning around what personal ministry looks like, what faith looks like too. Like I'm sure they would have loved to say that they were, you know, the perfect model of a faithful living, but they were disciples. Like they weren't how we define Christians, like, Mm. or how, you know, everyone has their own definition of a Christian. Like Christians are not perfect people. Disciples are not perfect people in any way. You know, disciple has a much kind of heavier connotation and definition, narrower definition than a, than a Christian does because it's so well defined. It means student learner pupil. And they were put through this intense learning of Jesus being their teacher Mm. as to how to actually go about living their faith out um, in action. And I I think we see that so clearly. Like they were an unqualified group of extraordinary, like extremely ordinary, like people used um, to actually, and in this instance, in terms of feeding the 5,000, used to literally produce something that, was a miracle like it was yeah. impossible and it, it was jesus work inside of them they didn't have to do anything yes they just had to turn up yeah that's the big highlight too and i think even in asking this question too look how do i know if i'm ready to serve um because i think we can talk about moments where like you know is it like a you know is it a, a 49 51 principle like if i'm feeling like you know ready like if i'm leaning towards the 51 and the 51 telling me like yep go for it yeah. like is that when i jump like is a percentage thing and i've heard this before like do you yeah, go yeah. 40 60 like you know how do you know if somebody else you know, that you might be leading is ready to serve. Like, I think there's, you know, there's a whole other conversation there. But I think what we find um, in how Peter responded, even when he was in the boat, Mm. is like Peter knew he just had to get out of the boat, but he didn't get out of it before he actually asked Jesus, like, if it's really you, call me out into the water. Um, So he didn't just step out in like blindly, like stupidly, like he didn't just, you know, he actually, he actually talked to Jesus. He went to Jesus first and he said like, (laughs) you know, you've just taught us this lesson back there in terms of when we were feeding all these people and you told us to bring forward to you like what we have like i'm ready to do that but first i'm checking in with you like is is this where you're leading me like is this what you so like if you're a new christian like if you've just like in isolation you found god and you found faith and you found this podcast for whatever reason Mm. you know we're not saying like the next step is to rock up to your pastor and say i reckon i'm ready to start preaching (laughs) like so so in that sense like um how do i know if i'm ready to serve well it's, I don't think it's about like knowing where to serve, but yes, you're ready to serve. Like mm. you are created in God's image yep. and you are so gifted in, in what God has given you mm. that yes, there is a place for mm-hmm. you to be ready to serve where mm. you don't have to be 100% ready or 100% put together to start serving. Jesus sometimes just wants you to step out and to just do something. And if, for some of you that looks like standing at the door at church and waving to people. Yep. For others of you, it's not within the walls of the church, mm. um, which leads us yeah. to question two. And I'm sure we could, again, talk about this for ages, but um, really, like, the encouragement is yes, uh, yes, you're ready. And mm. there's going to be a certain amount of qual- like training that you're going to have to do to um, to do some of these, these bigger things. We're not asking you to go and jump, like, headfirst into the most, like, insane tasks, but there's a place for you to start using your gifts Um for good, um, for, for God's kingdom. Mm. Sorry mm. to just like, kind of no, I think that's question. great. And it, I think in terms of what you're talking about, like the question of like, does serving have to be <laughs> like at my local church or within the walls of the church, like just on a Sunday yeah. or anything like that. I know that kind of whole model and concept is, is very much thrown kind of in this season of everything too. That's right. And, you know, I think one of the ways we, we can respond to it is exactly what you're saying. Like, look, like, 
I think it's within our nature in terms of how we've been created to obviously connect with people. Mm. Um, again, that's been shown in this season more than ever. But like, I think that's just, in, you know, in terms of who we've been created to be, like we are created to be alongside of people. And in terms of the opportunity to serve, again, when we talk about disciples being student learners, followers, this is exactly what the 12 disciples were taught and what followers of Jesus, you know, is is asked of them, but also the privilege and honor that they that we have like within our life to actually serve and love people. And I think when we talk about, you know, the local church, like the church in itself isn't just meant to be a building. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's more to it. There's this really awesome quote um, that I actually found. It's been re-quoted um, by a couple of people, but it, it pretty much says that um, the church doesn't have a mission the mission has a church and to simplify that like what we're actually talking about here is that you know the church doesn't have just this big goal agenda that they're trying to achieve in life like the mission so you know the the great commission of more people coming to actually know who they're created to be and actually be able to live with a peace within their life knowing that there's an eternal life and that they can live in a joy that overflows in terms of how they serve and how they do their personal ministry is just such a blessing to the church community not just as a building um so yeah i don't know if that actually answers the the question that you're looking at lock but i don't know if i actually asked the question but it was basically does serving have to be in my local church riz could you actually get a book for me it's up there it's the really small one in the it's the really tiny one the where's wally or the uh no it's not the where's wally no it's uh how to write poetry uh it's not the the cookbook lucky which one is it (laughs) yeah that one you got it there so it's this book called surprise the world and it's actually i've just thought of it now in terms of like what does serving actually look like because when I wrote this question, I was like, oh, does serving have to be at your local church? I was like, oh, no, you could serve at your local charity. You know, mm, you could mm. serve elsewhere. But yep. I've just realized, like, serving in a way, um, like, it's not about having a place to say, yes, I'm a volunteer here. Because yep. we like to, as, as humans, like, we like to really say, um, yeah, I, I serve here and I can prove it. Mm. I turn up on a Tuesday and a Thursday. Mm. Oh, like, well, pride is such a sneaky thing in serving world too like i think it's something we yeah we have definitely have to check within ourselves when we talk about yeah serving 100 percent. but this book it, it's called surprise the world it's saying that like christians are meant to live a different life surprising mm-hmm. the world mm. and this really says like you know you don't need to to be on your church roster yep. to serve in fact yep. serving is the way we do life and he breaks it down really simply i'll just share two of them um the first thing he says is we bless people, mm. both with inside and outside of the church. Mm-hmm. So he says, in in a week, I want you to bless three people. Mm. Write them an email or a yep. note or a text. Yep. Buy them a coffee. Have them over for like dinner, whatever it is. And that is serving. Mm. Getting to know people, loving people well. The next one, we eat together. We share meals with believers and mm. non-believers. Mm. He's saying here, yeah, serving isn't about doing the PowerPoint at your church. It's about genuinely sitting down with someone over a meal just eating with people because eating is this great time we just get to sit and, and chat. Yep. And yep. and that is saying that this is what service looks like in the real world. Mm. Um, not just at church on a Sunday, on a day-to-day basis. Like, bless people. Yep. We yeah, every day. People. Yeah. And I think while it's like, oh, yeah, you're ready to serve. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to jump straight on the church roster. Um, start blessing people. Mm. Start intentionally talking to people mm. and affirming them and yep. saying, hey, you're really cool. Yeah. Um, this is why I think you're awesome. Mm. You know, start 
shouting people lunch and just sitting down and hearing about their week. Mm. Um, that is serving. Mm. That is, that is, that's love. That is how Jesus so often modeled service was just through presence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, we, we even talked about this in the, you know, the podcasts where we were talking about, um, you know, practical teaching at the same time and just that idea of obedience in all of this as well. And I think, again, even jumping back to the local church, like whilst these are, you know, things that we do, you know, in humility and, and out of obedience as a follower of Jesus. And if you've got, you know, some some of your own kind of like frustrations around the word obedience, because I know it kind of carries its own kind of heavy kind of strain in itself, like jump back to that that podcast of figuring out your faith too. Um, Locke walks through it really well there. Um, but I think even when we look at the church, like, you know, the, the very like early church, um, the Greek word used to define the early church was ekklesia. And, and ekklesia really meant to be like assembled. So like an assembly of people, mm. but it was also called out. So like ekklesia, like almost basically means like the called out ones, um, which I find it interesting that, you know, there was, you know, there's a man like, there was God who, who wrote himself into history as man, like through Jesus who actually called himself like a light to the world. But then we also read across the new Testament. Like he also called out his followers to be a light to the world as well. Mm. And I think we have an awesome privilege to be able to do that and partner with each other within our local church community yeah, wow. to serve and, and be a part of that mission. And I know like, you know, I know when we talk lock, that's why we just so on fire for like what's happening within beyond and what's happening in the Griffin area. And also just how much flipping fun it is at the same time to actually yeah. serve alongside of people and do personal ministry alongside of people too. But at the same time, yes, we're like we have been called to be a light to the world. And there's this awesome text, um, you know, that, that we find like you are the light to the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. And I know from at least the, the standpoint of being a follower of Jesus, I just find that crazy in the sense that, you know, we've been called to be a light to the world, but this is literally part of the, the faith journey, like is actually letting your light shine in a sense that, you know, you're in this world for a reason. Like there was a one in three trillion chance of you coming into it in the biology of the world that we're living in. That makes you a living miracle in the first place. Like feeding the 5,000, awesome. Walking on water, also very cool. But you're also a living miracle just being here. And there's something for you to share that actually overflows from a Heavenly Father's heart as well. So um, I know that stretches out the question we were just <laughs> talking about, no. Locke. But I think you, you're bang on right. Like what an opportunity we have to actually live this out in our everyday so that we can, yeah, just live a life that is so contagious and, and so irresistible that people are going to ask more questions about it. Mm. Um, but also just see, you know, the creator of the universe's heart in it in terms of how we love, how we give and, and how we serve. Yeah. How we love, how we give, how we serve is how we are to be defined as Christians. Mm. Um, I think that's really cool. And that's uh, the challenge what? too. Yeah. I, I'm just going to throw out the questions for a second because the greatest moment of affirmation that I ever received um, was when I served someone out of the blue. Mm. Um, I yeah, I, like I saw a need. I was actually an old man mowing his lawn. <laughs> I, I saw a need and mm. it was uphill. Like he was mowing this lawn uphill. He would have been like 70. And I drove past and I did one of those ones where I uh, I drove past and was like, oh, I should help him. Mm. And it was mm. like, oh, well. And I, and I got like 500 meters down the road and I was like, I should help him. 
what am I doing? Like, I'm 18 at this time. He's like 70. And anyway, so I literally, you do? I drove, I yeah. I went up to him. I said, hey, mate, can I mow your lawn? Um, and it literally had like five minutes worth left. Mm. You know, he'd done like 45 mm. minutes probably. Yeah. It had the last strip. Mm. And he like, he, he kind of like cried a little bit and just went inside. He's like, yeah, you can. And then... I finished, knocked on the door. I was like, hey, mate, all done. Like, literally had done nothing. Mm. Nothing nothing mm. that impressive in terms of the work. And he said, uh, he just asked me, he's like, are you a Christian? I said, yeah, I am. Um, and that was a massive turning point yeah, in my faith. Wow. So I was just starting to really take my faith seriously. Mm. And the fact that I didn't have to say, oh, by the way, I'm a Christian. I'm from the church. Yep. I serve at this place. I've done this thing. I've led on this camp. Mm. I, I literally just did something so mundane and easy mm. and he said are you a christian and that was for me the biggest affirmation because it meant that you know i was uh doing something yep. with my faith yep. even though it was like i know i i don't you know it was such a small thing mm. Mm. um and people aren't going to say oh wow you're a christian every time <laughs> oh well and i think like look i look within my own life and there's definitely people who have you know um put themselves in a place of discomfort or inconvenience themselves served me in a way, loved me at a time when they had a million other things they should have been worried about. Mm. Um, and that to me in that time again is another reminder of like, that was, you know, there's all these moments that were just such, you know, big things for me at the time when people have done this. Um, and it does, it leaves you wondering like, why? Like, <laughs> why would you do something like that? Um, but also puts into play that there's, you know, there's, uh, there's clearly something else um, behind it in the sense that it's, you know, none of none of those moments that I'm talking about came from a place where someone served me out of feeling guilty. Yeah. Like that is a, that's a hard place to serve from. I don't even know if you can call it serving. Like same with the pride side of things, like serving out of guilt is just going to like ruin you from the inside out. But I can tell you that like when those, these people like in, in my life, um, and when I think about those times, like they were, they were doing it out of a place of love. And when you're on the receiving end of that, like, yeah good gravy it it feels good it is good and yeah just when when the church is operating as it should everyone is serving one another Mm. um and yeah it's it's almost i feel i feel we're kind of pointing this podcast towards re um redefining what service looks like yeah um because we like to put in a box and say yeah it is serving at your local church but Mm. in reality it's actually it's serving one another Mm. loving one another giving yeah and if we um, if we do that, like we're gonna we're gonna live in a, not just a different church but a different world. Mm. And I'm I'm interested in living in that world. I don't know about you. Um, I'm excited to see people loving and 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 just looking after each other so so well. Mm. Mm. Oh, and I think one of the joy of just understanding what that personal ministry looks like, you know, in a in a community level of, of people who are also actioning it at the same time and, and stretching their faith so they can grow within it as well is that when it comes to, you know, those challenges throughout our week or those trials or those things that, you know, we're like, Oh, I don't really know how to share this with people or anything like that. Like you actually have a community of people around you who want to be there, like who, who are for you and like mm. who are with you. And I think that's just, again, such a great joy of being able to serve um, and, and do it alongside of people who also you know understand what your source is yeah yeah. at the same time that's great that's awesome um questions our questions three and four um we'll just really finish off with them Mm. um and 
we're kind of got to package it in, in one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry we haven't followed our, our structure. No, this um, is this is great. What have you got for three and four? Three and four. It's it is simply this. Can I can I grow my faith in my comfort zone? So we like to be comfortable. Mm. We like to not take big risks risks sometimes. Um, but at the end of the day, is my faith going to grow if I stay in that place? Mm. Well, I think like we we've, we've already talked about faith catalysts in this series in terms of you know practical teaching and private disciplines as well and i think what i'm hearing you know throughout this series too is like particularly i know when chris was talking about in the last podcast as well you know talking about discipline and what that looks like within our life like for some people i know routine and habits might be a simple thing um but at the same time like you know when we talk about how to actually go about growing within our faith like we actually need that faith muscle to be stretched Mm. and we need it to be exhausted Mm. uh in order to grow more i don't have a great analogy of what this could look like or a visual kind of representation six pack (laughs) that's great alliteration as well um but it actually it's a it's a growing in you know in terms of you know kind of taking things to the next level and i know Lockie, you had that awesome slinky analogy um when we were talking about part two as well. Yeah. And I want to be really careful in how I'm talking about next level and, you know, any idea of upgrades or anything like that, because I think one of the big things we need to understand that when it comes to, you know, our own faith journey, like faith is not a destination. It's not this full, you know, stop. Like it's not just a point that we get to or, or, you know, yeah, you know, finally get to the end point of it. Like it's this awesome journey and process and such a big part of that journey and process is actually the challenge, the adversity, and the discomfort side of things. Um, how we approach it, but how we respond to it, yeah. not alone, but actually by bringing a Heavenly Father yeah. into it and, to and tuning ourselves to Him. To think of the friends that I know who have stepped out and served for whatever reason, like whatever reason they chose to do, mm. um, whether it was like actually a ministry thing, like they did a camp or they, they started serving in church, like, the relationships that I've seen being formed, the yep. lives changed, yep. the trajectory um, so dramatically just pointed the other direction in mm. people's lives. Mm. Can't help but just recommending serving. Yeah. Um, in a you know in that church organization in a in a charity. Mm. However, the joy and the fulfillment we get out of a life where we serve each other because we love it, mm. they've got to be hand in hand and. Um, you know, and, and that often doesn't happen in our comfort zone, no. but the reward is yes. just so yep. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, growing yourself and yeah. knowing you are growing. And yeah, and there's actually a piece to that. Like, I know I'm being careful around the, that word comfort as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you check in with me in 20 years time lock and ask me like, is my faith comfortable? And I reply with yes, like feel free to throw some, you know, <laughs> some strawberry milk like in my face or something <laughs> like that because I, yeah, you know, for every reason, again, we're talking about exhausting that faith muscle at the same time, you know, even when we're talking about comfort, like there is such a peace Mm. in this as well. Like in the moments where we just want to overcome overwhelm, like we have full access to like a creator of the university. Again, looking at those two stories, just asks of us to like, come to me, bring to me what you have, insecurities, hopes, concerns, fears, the good stuff, the wins, the celebrations. Yeah. Bad and the ugly, like bring it to me. And like, mm. just do what I know that you can do. And like, I'm going to respond in the way that I know I can respond. Like, I think that's, yeah, I think that's God's voice in it. That's great. Let's, let's stop there. 
I'm going to give a recap. I know we, we went in all sorts of directions. Oh, that got crazy. Did we, we did. even get to four? I don't think we... We, we kind of packed What was your fourth? Did you... Uh, it's You can answer this yourself, the, the listener, this yep. week. If faith is a journey, how do I know if I've made it? Um, it's the climb. That's just oh. what I thought of, Miley Cyrus. It's a journey. Uh, I don't think that mentions the journey. But to recap, how do I know if I'm ready to serve? Um, we are ready and service looks different. But let's jump out there and let's start um, serving each other mm. and, and serving each other in love and giving um, whether that's in an organization or yeah. not. I think there's that question of like, you know, am I ever ready at the same time? And same thing. I think that beautiful, like Peter's story, like, you know, there's a difference between jumping into something with in silliness and then yeah. at the same time, like, yeah, you know, actually attuning yourself to God's voice in it as well. Yeah. Does it have to be the local church? No, we love the church. We'd love if you could come and serve and help us to reach our community. But the best serving I believe happens in your own life, your own family, your own relationships, your friends, your workmates, people you see at your regular coffee shop. Serve them. Um, be creative. It's not just about doing a task. It's about being it's every day. Every day. And will you grow um, if you're in your comfort zone? Well, I can tell you, will you will grow when you serve. Mm. Um, you can stay in your comfort zone. It's comfortable for a reason. Mm-hmm. However, you will grow outside of that. I promise you. I promise you you'll grow. Yeah, there's um, better things than that recliner chair. Yes. Although I am going to go sit on that recliner chair because the Broncos, Broncos are playing very soon. I know. And I don't know if you've heard anything in the background, but we have a socially safe amount of people in That's our a house. That's a good thing to know. Yeah. Um, we have. I actually. Well, yeah. It is. It's it is. We, it's, we checked that before. <laughs> we can't yes. give a number because we actually haven't been out the door know, yet. But, but we, we only invited a legal amount of people. It's true. It's yes. Okay. Um, but. I'm, I'm just stoked. Thanks for that, Riley. Um, no. Always good to... Lock, it's great. And I think that resource you chucked in as well, um, which was Surprise the World, Michael Frost, Five Habits of... Oh, Cracker. That's a great book. Great book. So we will put that in the description. Um, feel free to check out all the other podcasts. Uh, make sure you're checking in with Beyond at Home. Riley's... I haven't seen Riley's message on Sunday. Um, go check that out on Facebook or you can see that in the podcast as well. But that's it from us. We hope you have a great week. Thanks again for coming on the show, Riley. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Locke. Always good fun. And uh, we'll see you later. See you Well, hey, thanks for listening to another episode of the Beyond the Message podcast. If you liked it, if you got some value out of it, please share it with a mate. Um, It's going to help get the word out there talking about practical faith, which I think is just so awesome. So please leave us a comment, follow the podcast, subscribe, whatever's on your platform. We really appreciate your support and we'll see you next week for the final part, part five of figuring faith out.